0: Hello beautiful people. A quick programming note before we begin. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, after this week I am suspending distantly social episodes of the show. It's been a lot of fun doing them and I've gotten more emails in the past several weeks or months that I've been doing them than I've ever gotten before on the show about so many people saying how much they love them and and they love listening to them. But it has reached a uh, a level for me where just maintaining them is uh, a little more stressful than I would like. So you've got one more week of Distantly Socials, uh, so six more episodes. And then after that, I will continue to bring uh, interviews every week. So even though there will not be Distantly Social episodes Thursday through Tuesday, there will be interview episodes every week. So still no intermissions uh, for the foreseeable future. Just going to bring you as many interviews as I possibly can. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode with Lara Paquette.
1: Whenever my world falls apart i never lose
0: hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you with Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today also has a podcast and is a stage door i'm gonna go with maven that's the that's the now i can I, I came up with a couple synonyms but i'm going with maven because it's Lara paquette everybody
1: hello i
0: had the pleasure of doing your podcast stage door stories and you're here to talk about
1: your sunday shoes please
0: pull
1: me off of my knees just get back come on I have I have all I I I did all my research I like Uh kind of went back in time between last night and today because I was like, I love I love the show. I've loved the show since 1998. Um, I I have a lot to say about it. I also have a lot of stuff stuff about it. So while okay. podcasting is not a visual medium, uh-huh. I will show you. Oh,
0: you have swag.
1: My footloose scrapbook that oh, I made good Lord. as a teenager. And that um thick. It's oh oh it's full. Dear listener, of,
0: it's a it's a Gutenberg Bible. That it's she has a it's an old
1: me. school photo album
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you would buy I don't know where would you have bought this even oh you buy in it. the 90s
0: in the 90s anywhere i mean wherever there's photo the, tar- the at, equivalent at like of target now yeah. i mm-hmm. will
1: also say it is signed
0: it sure is
1: because on closing night the uh, sixth time i saw the show i brought it wow. showed it to everybody and made them sign it for me
0: and you were not immediately arrested uh, not
1: immediately arrested never arrested well, because this show—show so show, show. here's
0: something I didn't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: about Footloose before we get into how it came into your life and, and yeah. all that stuff. I didn't realize it ran for as long as it did.
1: Yeah, it was like over, it was like a year 700
0: performances. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had just had it in my head, not that it was a flop, but that it had run like 400 performances, you know, 300, some like a marginal, less than a year.
1: And no, it, it ran.
0: It ran, yeah, for a very long time. It and did. it is just uh that's baffling to me, and we'll talk about why. But before we get into all that, how did you so you saw it six times on I Broadway? Saw it six
1: times, I did. How
0: did it come into your life that you even saw it once?
1: So I love I love this story. I love telling this story. Um I, so when I was in high school, one of my best friends, uh, was a girl named Allie Silver, Alexandra Silver, and her dad was Ron Silver, um, who was an actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was the, I think the president of Actors' Equity at one point. He was kind of a big deal. He He won a Tony. Oh yeah. Um, like he's a big deal. Um, and so Allie and I have known each other since we were in kindergarten. We've Mm -hmm. always been friends. We, we grew up together. Um, Loving Broadway, you know, really sharing that, and when we were fifteen, i don't know how it came to be, but Ron Silver took me and Allie and two of our other friends, Connor Gallagher was one of them who uh choreographed Beetlejuice most recently okay uh yeah, so Connor and I were Connor was another one, so he took us to see Footloose opening night on Broadway oh wow, and it was one of those like just like magic New York nights that I did not, I didn't know at 15 that this was like a thing. Like New York could be this kind of magical, but we started, we went to dinner at Joe Allen's mm-hmm. and sat in like the back like room at Joe Allen's where the fancy people see- right. sit. Um, met Al Pacino there because he was like just there sure. eating dinner and Unsilver Silver and Al Pacino knew each other. Yeah. So met him. And then we went to Footloose and we sat in the second row of the orchestra. And um, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, so regardless of what the show was, like we could probably be sitting here this many years later
0: talking about Moose Talking about
1: whatever. I don't even know that experience in itself. So, sitting in the second row, um, and then Jeremy Kushner happened. And yeah. I was fifteen.
0: Sure. And
1: he comes out at the opening of the show, like basically slides out on stage in this like white t shirt and jeans. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm in love with him. I'm in love with this show. Um, I am. This is this is my life. This is it now. Uh, and so after that, we went to the after party. Uh, at the the oh Marriott Marquis God. yeah it and it kept going and so I got like pictures with everybody I ended up meeting like one of the women in the ensemble who became kind of like kind, when I look back she was like almost kind of like a friend mentor type person to me for the run of the show oh, wow. um her name was Lori Holmes I don't think she's acting anymore but um not in New York anyway mm-hmm. um And so, yeah. So that was my, like, introduction to it. And then they started doing rush tickets. And I would – I was in a a theater program in the city called Applause. And so I would go into the city on Saturday morning by myself, go to my theater class, and then I would, would, like, either just go to the stage door after Mm -hmm. my class or – I would rush tickets in the morning and then go to the matinee on Sunday. I don't know. Anyway, I saw it six times and uh, I was there on an opening. I was there for the hundredth show and I was there for closing and I, and then through it three more times, wow. <laughs> whoever I could convince to go with me. I was like, Hey, what do you want to do this weekend? You want to go see footloose? And my friends were like, could you stop with that? I'm like, I no, probably not.
0: No. Right. Yeah. Well, yes, that is an amazing story. Um, yeah, you might win actually because that <laughs> that is just like cuz you're right, it could be any show.
1: Could could have been any it, show. It,
0: it could have been literally any show because yeah. the the whole and I've seen shows like that. I've been to shows where mm-hmm. like we've all been to shows where it's like it's not a very good show, but it doesn't right. make any difference because all of the things that are happening around it, especially when you're young, are so unbelievably magical that It doesn't matter what the show is. It it makes no difference whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and also when I was 15, I didn't know. And now I will not say it's a bad show because I love it so deeply in my heart that I can look at it objectively and be like, there are some issues there, which we will likely talk about. But I, I love it. And I think that, yes, it could have been any show, but that show at that time in my life with... Because so the show itself... (laughs) is you know it's about an outcast Mm -hmm. and I felt like an outcast in high school and I felt like you know the adults in my life didn't understand me and I felt like I didn't really fit in at my school and so now when I listen to it I didn't make that connection I think when I was 15 I just like loved the show and now when I listen to it I'm like no it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. that you know, Ren's story in the show very, like, was running very parallel to how I was feeling at that time.
0: Well, yeah, that makes sense. But even so, like, six is a lot of times to go to, oh,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> to a show on Broadway. And, but,
1: but that's not even how many times stage door is the... Well, but stage
0: dooring is... I mean, first of all, it was so it was that the Richard Rodgers, which is a magical. Theater, it was that the Richard Rodgers? Is 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 probably my second favorite theater um, in Broadway, and it is just a and having sat in the third row mm-hmm. of the Rodgers, like the, the the there's not a bad seat in that theater. Like it's no. a gorgeous theater, but close is really really cool in in the Richard Rodgers. Yeah, um, and it also has a stage door that is sort of like literally on was that 46th Street, so mm-hmm. it it is just it's a very easy theater to stage door. Yeah. It kind of wants to be stage door, like the way uh-huh. it's, it's set up. Uh, so that, that I mean, maybe a little much, but again, you were 15, 16. Yeah. It, that makes a lot of sense to me, stage dooring a show or any show, you know, that, that sort of thing. But the, the, the ru- I mean, <laughs> the
1: six times, six
0: times. Well, I sat, so lie. I sat
1: in the front row. I sat, so I sat in wow. the second row on right. opening and then I sat in the front row because I rushed next four times and then the last time I saw it for closing there were there was actually like a pretty long line for rush tickets and mm-hmm. so what they did was um they just sold every open seat at the rush ticket rate
0: oh okay which
1: when so Jeremy Kushner was on my podcast mm-hmm. um, he was my first guest mm-hmm. which we can talk about the um <laughs> the journey from opening a night of footloose to that yeah because uh, that's funny but he I told him that and he was like I had no idea that happened and I was like did that happen I was like no it definitely did because I sat like in the middle of the orchestra and I know I didn't pay more than a rush ticket so
0: so my experience was a little different uh I saw the uh dress rehearsal of a high school production of this show um it now I discovered re-listening to the album uh I didn't even see the show in order (laughs) <laughs> because the songs were coming l- much either earlier or later than i remembered them being and i went back and looked at them and went oh it was a dress rehearsal we saw <laughs> i i probably didn't, i certainly didn't see the whole thing right. but like i definitely saw mama says three times i remember that but sure. um cuz they had a whole dance and the boys couldn't dance and it was the thing That's a uh yes my mother-in-law was standard. doing the costumes and uh my Cousins in law were in the show, and you know, so we watched the. We couldn't come. My wife and I couldn't go to the show, so we came to the dress rehearsal, um, which was lovely, but slightly different experience. Yes. Um, and uh, I'd obviously seen the movie. Had you so had you seen the movie before you saw the show?
1: I don't think I had seen the movie before I saw the show. Oh, okay. I definitely saw it after.
0: Sure, that's a great. I didn't movie. like
1: it as much. <laughs> yeah,
0: Just I wouldn't imagine. Now so, I love well, it. I, I mean, imagine, I love the movie.
1: So, yeah. I love everything. I love. I st- I definitely saw the movie after I saw the show mm-hmm. and liked it just like because of the proximity mm-hmm. to the show, but I just, I appreciate it it's now. It's
0: a better, I mean, it's in that swath of eighties dance oh, movies, yes. flash dance, dirty dancing, like this whole like, yep.
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, thing um, set vaguely in the past. Sort of, maybe. I love
1: um, *Dirty Dancing* is like the most '80s movie that is set in the '60s. I'm like, but is it though?
0: (laughs) Yeah, all the costumes and hair are full, full '80s. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, *Footloose* is kind of the same way. And as and so, there's this swath of these big hit movies that I grew up with, you know, being on VHS and uh, or on television. And I remember not really watching the movie Footloose until I was older and being shocked at how it was better than I thought it was going to be because (laughs) it has a very interesting villain, which the musical does too, obviously, Mm -hmm. of a a complicated villain and a, you know, and he's not just mustache twirly. He has a very distinctive motivation and is also wrestling with what he's doing Mm -hmm. while it's going on. Yep which was a big surprise to me. Cause I just assumed it was going to be like, you know, grumpy John Lithgow versus dancy Kevin Bacon. Yes. Um, and it was, but there was obviously much more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And the musical obviously retains a lot of that being written by the same people. And, uh, uh with Dean Pitchford himself, <laughs> Academy Award winner, Dean Pitchford, yeah. uh, doing, doing the heavy lifting. Um, So I guess it's appropriate at this point to ask before we get too deep in, can you summarize the plot of Footloose? God, I can't believe people don't know the plot of this show, but... I can't
1: believe it either, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Somebody doesn't. Somebody's like, what is that Somebody's like, I'm sorry, there was a musical called Footloose? Footloose? What is this? Well, that's, I mean, probably true. Uh, So Footloose is about uh, a young man named Ren McCormick, who at the beginning of the show uh, is kind of um, pulled from his home in Chicago by his mother after his dad leaves um, to go and live in a small town called Beaumont. Um, which I guess is supposed to be kind of like Beaumont, Texas, but right. it's not actually said to be yeah, old, it's not like Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. Right. And so he gets there and he's the fish out of water. And, you know, everybody's like curious about him, but also scared of him because he like comes from the big city. And the adults are all like think that he's just bad news from the right. minute he arrives. Um, and so he thinks he's gonna like bond with everyone because he likes to dance and he's like, you know, thinks that's his way in, and then he finds out that dancing is not allowed in the town because of a tragic accident that happened years before um where some kids were coming back from a dance and died i think they i think the deal is like they drove off a bridge or something really mm-hmm. sad so anyway so he finds that out and um is obviously very disappointed and then kind of has to deal with the struggle of trying to fit in trying to find friends um he ends up like you know falling for the preacher's daughter and so the preacher is the the villain in the in the musical yes. and the movie he is um the father of one of the kids who died in this accident he's the one who has banned dancing so Ren has to kind of go up against him to um reverse this law of the town um and uh spoiler alert is successful he does, in the yes. end <laughs> and falls, and falls for the, the preacher's daughter um right. ariel yes who's with That's the right. like bad boy motorcycle dude the
0: names in this show are ridiculous it's, and um, in the movie too i mean it's yeah. not yeah it is not like the. but like the
1: <laughs> willard
0: <laughs> well there's Ren ariel shaw person's first name
1: mm-hmm.
0: um vi yeah willard rusty willard.
1: yep rusty bickie mm-hmm. bickle yep
0: earlene well then he gets kind of that vaguely that southern. southern small mm-hmm. town yeah earlene jeter wes yeah, but yes, it is like the fact that the main characters are are, are Ren, Ariel, and Shaw is just one. of them, like, It sounds like Ethel. a Disney
1: movie, like maybe because of the Little Mermaid. But like, it's very, but it's, it's like, very interesting. I once
0: got a note from somebody on a script that like you've really got to name these characters have they at least have to have different consonant sounds at the beginning mm-hmm. because like they were get, someone was reading the script and getting confused about who was who. And I was like, oh, that's a good note because right. you want to keep these. And I've always thought of that. And these characters all definitely have different consonant sounds, but they're all weird. And it's that thing of like, wait, which one is Shaw, is Bren, is who, is what? You, you, can't, you can't keep weird names in your head in the same way. It's so funny. Uh-huh. I, but hey, you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it was an 80s movie. Yeah. I guess would be my answer to exactly that. Exactly right. I think yes. that's
1: the excuse for like, and it's like, well, it was an 80s movie. What are you going to do? Movie. What, yeah,
0: yeah. what can one do? <laughs> uh, and yeah, it is, it is a very natural movie to adapt into a musical as it is also like dirty dancing and flashdance vaguely a musical movie.
1: Well, Jeremy no. will Jeremy has talked about with me mm. the fact that the music that was in the movie was written for the movie. Yes, yes. So it's not like, you know, they talk about Footloose, they, I don't know who they are. They are. Um people have yes. mentioned Footloose as being kind of one of the early jukebox musicals, but it's not, not actually a jukebox musical because right. all of the music from the movie was written for the movie, and yes. then more music was added for the musical,
0: and with all the same lyrics. I mean, Dean Pitchford wrote all the lyrics for mm-hmm. the music in the movie. Yes, and all those hits, you know, he wrote the lyrics for Footloose. He wrote "We Need a Hero." He, mm-hmm. He's here for the boy. Yep. Um. God, this movie this movie has a lot of hits on it, oh, and I love it. uh, he wrote all the lyrics, and so they do vaguely within the story of the movie. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're songs that are commenting on kind of what's going on, much in the same way that it's not as direct as Fame, which Pitchford also wrote a lot of yes. lyrics for, but it is still very like that, where the songs mm-hmm. reflect the circumstance kind right. of more directly than a, a regular movie would. Yeah. Um,
1: I, uh, I met Dean Pitchford. Did you um, now? I did, because at 54 Below, they did a Footloose reunion Okay. Uh, concert in uh, 2018 as a like 20 a 20th anniversary thing, mm-hmm. and he was there, and I was like, I have no shame, so sure. I went over to him. I was like, you just need to know that this show, when I was a kid, was like everything for me. It was so important to me as a teenager, and I just really appreciate that you put this in the world. And he was really nice, of course. Yeah, um, he was sitting in that like center booth at 54 mm-hmm. Below. Um, and I was like, I gotta what?
0: Yeah, gotta say, gotta hi. take my Absolutely. shot, you know. Well, because it is his. Sh- I mean, he wrote the screenplay to the movie. He wrote, like I say, he wrote lyrics to uh, about half of the songs on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He wrote all the lyrics to this, the 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 show. He wrote, the, yeah, go wrote the book. He is like, this is his show. Yes. So, and his story, even from mm-hmm. the jump. So, yeah, of course, he was the 50s Like, this is his thing. This is his property, pretty much. Yeah. And he, yeah, if he wasn't there, it would have been. Super weird because he has won an Oscar and and the Golden Globe, you know, yeah. and a couple Grammys, and like he,
1: and I think he was know. nominated for a Tony for this.
0: He was book and score, just not musical. That's
1: not cool. musical. No, not
0: musical. No, heart
1: broke my heart into a bazillion when I was sixteen and the nominations came out, or I guess I was still fifteen, but I was devastated.
0: So this is the year nineteen ninety nine. Uh, is the uh the year one of those years that is I think more well remembered for no, that's not true. I was about to say it's more well remembered for its revivals than its original shows, but that actually isn't true because um it was it's a controversial year in the Tonys because Parade was, was out in ninety nine and lost yep. best musical to uh to hmm Um Oh, here, so here we go. Also out that year, uh, The Civil War, Frank Wildhorn, which is possibly the worst musical ever written. So I think that Footloose deserved to be nominated which, over Civil War. I will I go.
1: agree. <laughs> and also Frank Wildhorn is one of those uh, comp- composers, writers that I'm like, the, the highs and the lows there. Mm-hmm. Like Jekyll and Hyde mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. But mm-hmm. then I can't listen to anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's, not, it's not worth it. But it's not my favorite. It, the reason I thought it was remembered more for its revivals is because all the acting awards went to revivals. You have Martin Short, Bernadette Peters, Kristen Chenna with Roger Bart, all winning for mm-hmm. two of them for Charlie Brown, one, Martin Short for Little Me and Bernadette Peters for Andy Get Your Gun. So it was a very like revival heavy um, year and yeah. uh, interesting, the weirdest one here so far I'm looking at is Best Direction of a Musical went to Matthew Bourne for Swan Lake. <laughs>
1: It was a weird year because it wasn't 98. I feel like 98 was a huge year. Like wasn't 98 Lion King.
0: Uh, 98 was Lion King and ragtime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so was this how much of a, the- you were obviously a theater kid before this show. Yes. Came along and in a serious way. Mm-hmm. But did this like, was this a show that like kicked you up into another level or was it like just like it was such a great experience and it has such a special place in your heart? What kind, Where does this sit for you?
1: Uh, definitely, it definitely kicked it up, mm. um, and I think it was the first. It was definitely the first show that I experienced by myself, as opposed to like oh, my okay. parents got tickets to see the show. Like sure. I met Bernadette Peters at the stage door of Annie Get Your Gun mm-hmm. with my mom standing behind me, like poking me because we had to run to catch the train. Mm-hmm. And with Footloose, it was the first time that I, I you know, I was doing this theater program on my own in the city, mm-hmm. and I was. So I was there. I was there by myself. Sometimes I was there with friends. Sometimes I was there by myself. So it was like an independence thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, you know, I've, since from when I was like eleven, and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was on Broadway, mm-hmm. that was the first. That's when I really became a theater kid, mm-hmm. and I loved it before that. But that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is a thing that like real people do for their jobs. Mm-hmm. And and that was amazing to me. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I saw Footloose, I was just like very ready to be in that world.
0: So you when you said Footloose at the beginning of this episode, yeah. you said it with a tone in your voice, I think. I, yeah. Um, which I think is appropriate. It's a
1: loaded, you say it, it's loaded. It's loaded. I mean, it is.
0: It is. It's I a loaded, get it. It's a loaded show. Um, though somebody did ask me recently in an email, uh, someone I invited to be on the show, what other shows I had coming up that hadn 't been <laughs> released yet, and I mentioned like I've just listed this off, and they went oh gosh i 'm probably glad someone else likes Footloose, so
1: <laughs> yes, people do alone. love it people I mean do. Yeah, they do for
0: three years on Broadway, like of course people love, like yes. they they should
1: yeah, people do like it, but it is not some it's not like if someone says what's your favorite musical it's rare to hear. Footloos. Well, and it's
0: especially I, – I wonder if it's, if it's more or less rare in someone in our position who is like a deep theater fan who has a lot of knowledge of shows, whether it's more or less rare mm-hmm. for Footloose to be your – because I would actually venture that it's more likely that if you're somebody like us that Footloose would be your favorite show because I don't know if it's a show that you would encounter – you know what I mean, and and retain and like get the cast albums like in the same uh-huh. way. Like you may have seen it in high school, been like, yeah, that was a that was a fun show, but like right. it wouldn't it wouldn't knock you down in the way that like if you do theater, you're in theater. Like a show like this can really grab hold of you in mm-hmm. a very specific way,
1: a very specific way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's one of those shows that it did run, like we talked about. Mm-hmm, sure. People did love it. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Love it still. Yeah. Um, but like. Ben Brantley just tore it to shreds. Sure. And it's not a serious musical. And it took me a long time to like be okay with the fact that you can love a musical that is not Sondheim and not like super deep. And, you know, I grew up on Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Not Sondheim. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I, I mean, I think I was in my twenties before I really listened to Sondheim like for fun um and so but even to say that with you know theater people they're like oh Sondheim I'm like I know I love Sondheim I get it but it's just not it's not what's like lives in my soul Mm -hmm. you know like the loose (laughs) does yeah
0: well so that yes I mean obviously you know Mr. Brantley can say what he likes and uh have it, his opinions he can have his opinions he certainly he made an does. enemy that morning i'm sure he did <laughs> I, I, and not just in you uh but i mean you know a critics gonna a critics gonna critique and that's fine um he's lost a lot of credibility for me since the king kong review but that's that's a whole other oh, conversation God, it's just the worst uh it's the absolute worst but it, it, it is and it is something that like i do like to rail against on this show is this idea of capital t with an re theater that is precious or that is different kinds of theater better than other kinds like you like what you like that's the whole point to me all that having been said i really and i so i kind of don't know if i don't like this show which which i don't because for but i don't know what it is because i haven't actually seen the whole thing so i'm not Mm -hmm. going to say like you know object I can it's not fair to judge a show you haven't seen fair um but one thing that was struck struck me listening to this recording and listening to it a couple times is I don't think this is a good album
1: like so, this okay. album is
0: very wonkily produced
1: here's my question for you sure did you listen to it like on did you listen to it on Spotify
0: no i have a, okay. I, have a I have the these are cd quality CDs. yes yeah. okay
1: so did you hear The song's still rockin'?
0: My, my recording does not have love. no I, I have Look, um, let's make believe we're in love is online look at the moon slowly rising look at the stars
1: is something that i had to research because
0: yeah i was it's... like
1: what what happened here yeah because in the original show act two opens with let's make believe we're in love
0: mm-hmm.
1: which this is one of like when you look at it objectively this is one of the issues i have it's like why did you open act two in a quote like essentially a dance club right with a slow song
0: yeah um anyway. a very slow song
1: um but then i guess they figured out th- that was wrong. That
0: was a mistake, yes. And
1: put in Still Rockin'. Now, if you, like, if you go to Spotify right now and listen to the original Broadway cast mm-hmm. recording, you listen to Hunter Foster singing yes. Still Rockin'. And I'm like, why is there a recording of Hunter Foster singing Still Rockin'? Granted, he was in the show, but why is it like this? It was yeah. in the first preview on Broadway. Oh. And then got...
0: Got cut. I, I know that like, because yeah. it's
1: in the scrapbook. Um, but yeah, and then got somehow got taken out and replaced by Let's Make Believe We're In Love, which makes zero sense. Yeah. I'd love to know the conversations that happened around that choice. Um, so yeah, I, I think there are a lot of, well, and they, I don't know if it's an album re- thing or a show thing.
0: They also re-released the original Broadway cast album
1: I have still rocking. The, yes. yes
0: we're still rocking on it like you said. the mm-hmm. one you get now is the one you find on Spotify. I have the one from 98 and that's the one I listen to, which is assume the one you have as well. Yeah obviously. And right. so that's the one I I listen to um, So I don't also know if they remixed it when they re-released it um, because my actual problem comes from a lot of like I, okay, nobody's Kenny Loggins. And no Mm. one should try to be Kenny Loggins. these songs sung the songs were written for the movie specifically Mm -hmm. sung in an earnest musical theater style don't they they suddenly sound silly to me and they're objectively like they're silly songs i'm not gonna get me wrong they're mid-80s ballad rockers like which Uh is the weirdest genre of of like um of music of all time you know And, and like if you look at the songs that won the oscar for best song in this period they're Bonkers weird songs You know And they're all songs You know Yes But only because They've been parodied Like endlessly In, in like episodes Of Archer And things like that You know yeah. What
1: a feeling
0: he Is the up where we belong. Say you Say me Say it together There's a way you sing those songs that it's it sort of like, it it hides the sort of objective silliness of them. Mm-hmm. And the way that specifically the opening number kind of kicks me off on the wrong foot is it sounds very, the recording sounds very hollow. And I don't know what that is.
1: Been working so hard. I'm punching
0: my car. Eight hours for what? About everybody, like the singing of Footloose in at that tempo with that kind of exactness. It's sort of what happens a lot when I listen to um, American Idiot, the Broadway recording.
1: Mm. And like
0: mm-hmm. some of the lyrics in the in that Billy Joe Armstrong writes are meant to be sung kind of slurred and half like half understood. They're just right. filler. And when you put John Gallagher's excellent diction on that, it, it it you kind of go wait what was that song about this is kind of this is nuts and i think that this suffers from that periodically
1: i think it i could see that also with more i think i i think i know what you're saying more so with holding out for a hero <laughs> like, I don't have, I have no issues. Well, I have, the the issue that I have with the opening number is Mm -hmm. that Footloose, the song, is not allowed to end. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. It goes right into On Any Sunday, which makes, again, zero sense. Zero sense. Why did you not let the iconic song, the opening number, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you let that breathe at the end before going into... Uh, well, I think oh, the church sure song
0: because there's always a couple of there's always a couple of theories about how you're supposed to do a show like this that has mm-hmm. big iconic song in it, right? And one theory is that you open with the song everybody knows because so they're not waiting for it, yeah. And then you slide the show in while they're not while they're rocking out to footloose you just sort of and then when before they've noticed the show's begun and you try to take the momentum of the nostalgia yeah because if the fear being if you end the song especially because footloose the song has a great ending like mm-hmm. the, the recording if you end the opening number in a, in, a, in a situation that will bring people to their feet clapping that ain't that's not great
1: Right. I guess, so I guess that's
0: true. It's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't. Because you're right. Yes. When you, when they do it the way they do it, especially on the recording, you kind of go, oh, oh, okay. You, like, you really notice that. And I, I yep. imagine in the theater, you you notice it as well. Um,
1: I never did. I assume if I saw it oh, now, okay. I would. You would
0: notice it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just less noticeable in the theater then. Like it's one of those differences, big differences between listening and, and watching is that like yeah. when there's nobody moving, when all it is is the musical transition, you kind of go, oh, all right, great. I yeah. guess we're done. I guess that's. I that's guess that done. song's over. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I was yeah. really struck, though, by like it. It's an easy adaptation. Like mm-hmm. how easy the movie slides into the world of music theater it was actually more easy than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, it really just sort of is. It's a very music. The, the emotions in the movie are at ten, even among like the the adults, like John Lithgow and things like that. Like it is mm-hmm. those those characters are are really heightened, going through some serious stuff. And so yeah. his moments are really, really musical and lend themselves to it. And also the moments I felt worked the best for the musical were actually some of the adults' numbers. Like the, mm-hmm. the first one I, that surprised me that I had forgotten about was learning to be silent.
1: Watching how the dust dances out the door. Noticing my hands start to shake. Contemplating taking up smoking, learning to be silent, always hearing, Hush, Ethel, please, why? Let's not have this conversation. And so I stand by while my mind takes a small vacation. La, 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 la.
0: So that that, that surprised, I mean that was a song that I every time it came up again, I was like, Oh great, I okay. I like this song. I, that was a fun one to hear. Uh, and it's
1: like iconic oh, yeah. voices too.
0: Well, sure. Which yeah. helps. Which helps, definitely, definitely helps. Uh and yes, every you know, I almost I almost wish like the, the hits weren't here. <laughs> I know you can't get Footloose put on <laughs> on on without of... Footloose. Well, but not, not without Footloose. Footloose I bought, but like the girl gets around well, she like you to think she Born yesterday with her innocent looks and her little town away When she's smiling at me, she's got angels in her eyes But I see how she moves and this girl really cooks She taught me some tricks, we can't learn in books And I'm starting to think she's a devil Aside from the fact that like, it's gross.
1: <laughs> I was like, it doesn't play now. Like that, that song does not It doesn't get play now, now, but even like, it's such a weird,
0: I guess it's the third number technically, but it's such a weird
1: third it song. Is, it's, it's number three, it is number three on the album. And yeah. then number four is Somebody's Eyes, which I do like. Um, mm-hmm. The girl gets around, yeah, you can't, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it's very fluffy. So you don't actually, like, if you're watching it, you don't actually realize what they're talking well, so who about. who is
0: singing that song?
1: <laughs> it's, um, so it's Chuck and, like, his boys. Okay. So Chuck Cranston.
0: And they're singing about Ariel? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep.
1: Uh, it, that doesn't necessarily make it better. No. But no, <laughs> I just, some context. just,
0: I just wasn't, it, it, I was kind of half clear about that. Like, yeah. I was one of those, like.
1: It's, her, well, because it's kind of her introduction. Right. The first thing we learn about her is the girl gets around. Yeah. So not great. Not great. Um and then she gets to saying holding out for a hero. So you do get a little bit more depth there. Right. From her.
0: Which yes, absolutely. And and her her scenes with um with Shaw or with that are on the album even are very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. and and also this the song that happens um oh gosh it's earlier i can't quite find that but the between shaw and um and his and his wife um which is kind of sung spoken heaven help me maybe mm-hmm. is it? yeah um is a is an earned like like i say like this 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 tortured character who lost his son and reacted too far mm-hmm. you know yeah. Is, is, a, is a very compelling character. And I, every time we got back to Ren and the gang, I was really just like, no, I want to know, what is the preacher doing, right? Like, what's he, what's he wrestling? Because the most satisfying part of the show, which is a scene I did see, uh, even for high school actors, yeah. is the scene where, you know, this builds to this climax where, well, actually, okay, we have to pause for a second before I compliment the show and talk about dancing is not a crime. I was just I knew
1: you were going to say that. You know, they took that out. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that. They don't I, do that anymore. You know why? <laughs> uh, I do know why. It's, pretty clear on why. It is. The, it's oh my, really. It's, it is. Oh. It's a lot. It's, it's I, not good.
0: <laughs> I admire on one hand. Theatrically, it's really interesting. He's mm-hmm. giving. So the scene is that Ren's arguing in front of the town council to overturn yep. the law. And he talks about how dancing is actually a religious expression or religions use dance as an expression. Mm -hmm. And they decided to do it As a rap?
1: As a rap. Right here, in black and white, says he was leaping and dancing with all of his might.
0: Leaping and and dancing dancing. in
1: front of his lord. But David wasn't doing it for some reward. No!
0: No! No. It might sound odd, but David thought it brought him closer to God, so he would dance! Hallelujah! Every time he had the chance,
1: whatever the season or circumstance, circumstance,
0: he found a reason to throw a party in his pants and he danced! I say he would dance! Dancing doesn't always make you do nasties. Look at the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay. There's a time to laugh,
1: a time to weep. Mm-hmm. There's a time to plant, a time to reap, and, and there's a time, time to dance. It says it right here, right, right here, man off dance. It was good. Because why not so do it as a rap? Giving it
0: a lot of rope, like giving it a good <laughs> generous reading. He's, he's expressing himself. It, it is like, he's making an argument. He's doing it rhythmically. It almost sounds like a sermon. Like, I'm kind of like, I, and then it was the second time was like, I see what you're going for. You right. didn't get there, but I see what you're going yes. for.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because
0: um, the first time I heard it, I was just like, I'm sorry, what is happening? <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, r- rhythm, dancing, if I yep. do it this way. And he, you know, there's a lot of movement in that.
0: Well, and I like well. that a part too, that there's a couple yes. of times where somebody goes, ha, you're almost dancing there. And you have to yes. like stop. Like that was theatrically, I was like, okay. I, I kind of see what you're trying to do. It's really interesting. Right. It just feels like they're in way over their head in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's so funny because like you, <laughs> here's my thing with, with the show is I can hear that and be like, you are absolutely right. Am I mad about it? No. Mm-mm. Sure. Would I go back and watch it the exactly as it was? Absolutely. Let's make believe we're in love. All just, mm-hmm. you know. That was still so weird. Still not great. Yeah, I was going to say. Doesn't make sense.
0: It's not a good start. Not a good act too. No. Because uh, no. they
1: walk in and they're like, I think, I think that he, they walk in and Ren says something along the lines of like, like something like, can you see what we've been missing? Or like something like that. And it's like, this is what you've been missing? Mm-hmm. Um, there should be a Footloose
0: reprise at the there beginning. Should, exactly. Too. I mean, just Some, like,
1: anything, literally anything else. Why? Why? Or pretend? still rocking. There, yeah, rockin'. rockin'. there could be still rocking.
0: There could be still rocking. It is sung by Hunter
1: things, Foster.
0: Those things that happen like when you mentioned Jekyll and Hyde, it reminded me that like one of the most iconic songs from that show is Bring on the Men that was mm-hmm. cut from the Broadway production of that yeah. show. Out of town and replaced with a song I don't remember the name of because it's terrible. And like it is now back in. Like now it's Bring On the Men because that's the song that like everyone remembers and it's fun and it's funny and it's weird. And you know, it's just one of those things where like I feel like musicals can. You never know why a song gets changed in a show. Mm -hmm. You never really know. Like there, there could be a, um, there could be myriad reasons why a song would get cut because of a quick change, because of a piece of scenery, because of like there's a thousand reasons why a song could come out, and there's a thousand reasons why it could be replaced by something that is objectively to an audience member not as good. Right. But you know it happens all the time. So you hate to speculate. At the same time, that's why we're here. And like, it just. yeah, go ahead. So for "Let's Make Believe We're in Love," it's like I don't, I don't know what they were thinking there at all.
1: Speaking of the scenery, did you know that the first preview was delayed because the show was too big to get in the theater?
0: Ooh, I did yep. not know that.
1: Yep, I think it was delayed by four days. They it opened on time. Wow! But it was coming from the Kennedy Center out of town sure. into the Richard Rogers. <laughs>
0: which is a big house That's a yes, big. yes couldn't big fit house. it couldn't so fit it. yeah no,
1: mm-mm. no um i'm telling you after after opening night and this is like this is 98 right so the internet is was not what it is today mm-hmm. but i read and printed thank god because now i have it for when we have this conversation sure uh everything that was on playbill i think it was like playbillonline.com or playbill whatever it was really? then yeah and so I, that's when I learned that they had been delayed by four days and they were supposed to be, it was supposed to be like a stadium show. It was supposed to be mm-hmm. like go into Madison Square gar- Garden and then tour. Right. Um, and it did tour. Yes. Like toured it, very it opened and toured almost at the same time. Yeah. Um, um. Which was cool for them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sound like because I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm not paying close enough attention, but I don't know of shows that go into opening on Broadway with knowing that, like two weeks later, they're starting rehearsals for the tour.
0: Well, it does happen, and it happens with shows like this mm-hmm. more often, where it's like the. It really is only there's a, there a certain sect of shows that only run on Broadway to say they ran on Broadway, to call it, the in the licensing materials, to call it the Broadway, the Broadway musical. Yeah. The, bring, um, bring It On is an excellent example of that. Sure. Where, like, the show wasn't meant to run for, I mean, it ran for a hundred and some performances. Mm-hmm. I think it was technically an open-ended run, but it, nobody... That wasn't the point. The point right. was, it was supposed to open and then be on Broadway for a respectable period of time and get nominated for some Tony's, which I yes. don't remember if it did or not. But in any event, I um, think it did
1: because I think it performed at the Tony's. Well, they
0: did because everybody did. That was the year of the opening number, um, oh. Bigger, the oh, you know, Patrick Harris the Bigger. Best yeah.
1: opening number yes, ever? of all
0: time for the Tony <gasps> They did perform because I remember their number now that you're saying that out loud. Yeah.
1: I remember the cheerleaders.
0: So they were definitely. If not, yeah, they were nominated for probably choreography or something. In any yeah. event, um, the the point was that it was supposed to open, and then whoever they pre-sold the licensing to, probably Concord Theatricals, could, uh, say the Broadway musical Bring It On, and then mm-hmm. the high schools who were meant to do it would be like, oh, check it out, like yeah. the Broadway musical Bring It On, we can do that. It's the same reason the cast album is made, and I so like shows that are more properties than. Artistic expression, which I'm not mm. like. That is not meant to sound as much of a put down as it as it did, especially because this show, while not meant to run, ran. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like, say what yeah. you want. Did okay. Say what you want. Say what a couple years ran. later,
1: still there. <laughs> there were a lot. I mean, the cast. So Stacey Francis opened as Rusty. She was in it at the beginning. Uh, Orfe played Rusty for a while, um, and she covered Rusty. Christian Borel was in it. Um, uh, oh i'm sure in that year
0: and a half the list of replacements yes is like a who's who of people who were five years away from winning a tony award like mm-hmm. it, it, it's just it's that kind of show where you're just like oh wow everybody because like you say hunter foster's in the original cast of the show hunter like,
1: foster it, you know. i mean jennifer laura thompson played ariel jeremy kushner yeah. both of them have like consistently been on broadway in the last mm-hmm. 20 however many years yeah um, I mean she was in she just left Dear Evan Hansen like very recently.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm pulling up. Oh, she was in a doll's life. Oh my gosh. Actually,
1: hey. so Jennifer Laura Thompson is another one. I love oh, her. she was obviously. in your in town too. She oh yeah, like she was in your town. She went, yeah, she yeah, went yeah. from Footloose into your town. Into Urintown. Um, yeah, yeah. I was uh not not last summer, the summer before in the city with my son, pregnant mm. with my daughter walking through Times Square in the middle of summer, because I was visiting my friends at Rosie's Theater Kids on 45th Street, mm-hmm. and I come out of the subway on 42nd, and Jennifer Laura Thompson is five feet ahead of me. And I was like, again, as with Dean Pitchford, I was like, what am I, What am I not going to, why am I not going to say hi? And mm-hmm. I'm not, honestly, not the kind of person, like, I've, I, you know, I worked in Hell's Kitchen. I've, I've seen Broadway people. I've seen celebrities. Mm-hmm. I'm not one, typically. But if it's anyone related to Footloose, I'm going to say something. So I went up to her. I was like, hey, how are you? Like, you know, right. I, I've i been a fan of yours for 20 years now. Like, this is, I, I just wanted to tell you that I loved Footloose and Jeremy Hansen. And we ended up, like, walking a couple of blocks together, which is always exciting when, oh, wow. like, somebody doesn't run away from you. Yeah. Um, she was obviously very nice and yeah, yeah. very surprised that I recognized her. Um, Mm -hmm. because she's not like in, she's not coming out of the stage door. She's not in makeup. She's not like, she's just like literally walking to work. Um, and I've, I think that that's, you know, thinking about stage door stories, like, I think that's, that's what Broadway, like quote unquote celebrities really appreciate when Mm -hmm. a fan is somebody who doesn't just like, oh, you're, you were just on stage and now I want you to sign my playbill, but like more involved yeah. than that i think they well and like you say
0: it's the people who i mean she's done tons of stuff mm-hmm. she, she has a real you know she was uh galinda for a long time yes. she was you know she's she's a had a, a real career on broadway mm-hmm. but like you say she's not the face on the poster for right. anything and like she's somebody who people like you or me know who they are mm-hmm. and those people really appreciate when you say hi. Like those people yeah. like it for the most yeah. part. I don't want to paint everybody with a I mean, brush, of
1: course and like, not. And probably they don't <laughs> like it at every minute yes, of every depending day. depending on just
0: exactly what I was going to say. Depending um, on time of day, depending on how they're doing. but Depending like, on um,
1: who they're talking to. Depending yeah. on who
0: they're talking to. Depending on what building they're coming out of or going into. Right. Um, right. But like for the most part, I find that most theater people because they don't get mobbed, are pretty like, oh yeah, hey, they'll give you a chat for a second. It's Lovely that you got to walk a few blocks with them. That's really, really oh yeah,
1: nice. she, she was she was great. I mean that's yeah. and and it's <laughs> it's so true. The you know when I think about stage drawing early on with Footloose, mm-hmm. you know I just wanted Jeremy Kushner to know who I was. Like that was like my dream. It was like, <laughs> can you just know? Can we be? Fr- can I know what his life is? Can we be friends? Mm-hmm. I like I love him. What I what do I need to do here? And I, so, you know, like I said, saw the show six times, but stage, like would be at the stage door most Saturdays after Mm the matinee. So I saw him a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he remembered me and I was talking, I, my friend Tim Dolan, who owns Broadway Up Close Walking Tours in the city, he, um, he was on my podcast last year and he, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, it always shocked me that like Jeremy would remember me. And Tim was like, well, yeah, you met him, like, a number of times. Mm-hmm. You were a person who, like, he met you. He saw you. Of course he knew who you were. Of course he remembered you. And I was like, oh, right, because we were just, like, two people in the world. Right. Who met a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had my scrapbook. So, like, what? He was going to forget had a, me? Yes.
0: You had – I mean, you met on opening night, obviously. And met on a, opening and night. And you had a scrapbook. Yeah. And I
1: had a scrapbook. And I was there all the time. And then – so he – you know, I I saw him in everything he did on Broadway. I had a rule for myself that I was not allowed to leave the state to see him in anything. Oh, I was like, okay. you can't. You, I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta have some limits because I remember he did Aida in D.C. I think, mm-hmm. and then he did. He toured with Jersey Boys for a long time, mm-hmm, and I but- and then came and did it on Broadway, and I saw him do it on Broadway. Um, sad, I never saw him do Aida because I love that show. Um, but then I saw him do Jesus Christ Superstar after a lot of years. What, uh, that was after his like whole tour of Jersey Boys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I saw him in Jesus Christ Superstar and I hadn't seen him in years. And I staged George and I was like, um, do you remember me? And he was like, of course I remember you. I was like, okay, I'm, I don't know what to do with this information. This is a lot. This is a it, lot to take It's what you in. wanted. It's what you it wanted. It did. It is exactly what I exactly wanted. exactly what you wanted. It is exactly what I wanted. And then when I worked at Rosie's Theater Kids, I actually like, kind of got to know him a little bit better because mm. you know, I had friends who were friends with his friends and we were in the same kind of circle. Um, so he like came to talk to my class. He did a, when he did, he did sheer madness. Do you know the mm-hmm. show sheer I madness? Very
0: much do. Yes. That,
1: that show is insane. Yes. Um, is. he very randomly did that. Um, and I took a group of kids to see that and he like talked to them after and he did my podcast. Right. Um, so yes, I did. I got, it took 20 years, but, I got, I got what I wanted. I'm well, nothing if not go. persistent.
0: So, draw me the line between footloose and stage door stories.
1: Oh, it's it's a pretty straight line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're fifteen, well, you're like, I'm gonna have an internet 15. radio show. So, I'm gonna be yes, I'm gonna make a podcast. Um, so, footloose for me, like I said, was the first time I was out on my own. Mm-hmm. stage touring, you know, meeting people. And when I was thinking about the podcast, I really wanted to explore, like, why do we do this? What does it matter if somebody who just spent two hours performing on stage, hears our story, mm-hmm. you know? And because it was so important to me that if I could spend – Literally two minutes talking to Jeremy on a Saturday afternoon I could I could be happy for the rest of the week. That was like that was it. That's all I needed And why why do Mm -hmm. we do this and it's not just it's not just the stage door It's like celebrity in general, right? Like yeah, you know, it's not it's not unique to this one community But it's on a smaller scale and I think that's what makes it feel better Mm -hmm. um because it feels very attainable like you go see Jerven Hansen, you can meet Ben Platt after and you can tell him mm-hmm. how he impacted your life. Which you can't necessarily do with like I don't know anyone who's popular right now but you know when I was in high school it was in sync. So, sure. you know, nobody's meeting Justin Timberlake. Nobody's like mm-hmm. going up to Just, Justin Timberlake and being like, "Oh my god, I love you so much." But with Footloose, I could do that and I could be validated in that. And so I really wanted to hear And obviously this left a lasting impression because I am older than 15 now. Shocking. Um, But like- Well, you have two kids. I I have two kids. And 1998 was, I don't know, uh, quite some time ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Weird. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to, I was really curious about the perspective of the performer because for the fan, the catharsis of having- somebody that you watch hear your story somebody that you relate to on stage somebody that you really look up to having them hear you is really important and so what it but what does it feel like to be on the other side of that Mm -hmm. and so you know I had to start with Jeremy because he uh, he and a couple of years ago I wrote and performed my own, like, solo show, kind Mm -hmm. of exploring the similar ideas as stage door stories, but more, like, it was more about my relationship to myself as an artist than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a whole Footloose section in the show. Um, And after that, I wrote, like, a nonfiction essay about Jeremy and Footloose and kind of really digging in for myself about... Like, why the show mattered to me, and why he mattered to me, and why I became so fixated on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's there was a like, you can look at what the trajectory of my life and Jeremy and Footloose were like the thing that were that was stable, the thing Mm -hmm. that I could come back to, that, you know, he would see me, but he didn't really know me, and that was safe. Mm -hmm. at times in my life so i wrote this piece that i was going to submit for publication and my friend who helped me with it was like okay so um if you're going to submit this for publication and you're going to name him in it he needs to read it because yeah other like otherwise that's not okay and i was like well it's probably not gonna be published she's like you still need need to um and it was it was really a very personal piece and i was very nervous to send it to him but I did. And he wrote me back just the nicest email about like how he had no idea the impact that he had and Mm -hmm. how grateful he was that I had shared with him. And that was for me, I was like, wow, this person who I have spent at that point, 15 years thinking about and following and like paying attention to and like turning to and creating, like I created this whole persona in my mind of who I thought he was that was so safe for me. He had no idea, Mm -hmm. no idea. And so when I was, you know, thinking about the podcast and thinking about exploring this fandom from the other side, um, that's, that's the direct line to Footloose because, you know, thinking about anybody who's played Alphaba, the stories that any alphabet mm-hmm. hears after the show and, you know, the fans that they have, the, the little girls that look up to, you know, the actresses who play Elphaba, um, like, what does that feel like? And do you, do they even know the impact? And so that was, that was the conversations I was looking forward to having on stage for stories. Well,
0: and it's such a double-edged sword too. like these days, like the mm-hmm. the idea of stage dooring at all went from being, something that very few people did to something that everybody did to something that at some point a a sect started to think was part of the show Mm -hmm. and then we've recently come back around again i think nicely uh partially because there have been people like ben platt and lara benanti who have been very politely like i'm very sorry but no not doing this yes um
1: Well, Laura Benanti will, like, if you send a playbill back, Mm -hmm. she will sign it and send it to you. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can it, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think in 1998, stage drawing was definitely a thing
0: well it's, but, yeah it's, it's always been a thing but it was right. like i think with the advent of social media it was when it yes. became like on when you were able to take pictures and post on your phone mm-hmm. that you met whoever yes. that's when it took off you know so sometime yeah. 2008 2009 that's when it became a thing that people like it became like hunting it was like so it was another yes. form of celebrity hunting and like right. that's just how you that's something you had to do and now yeah. any theater I mean, fan you find on instagram there, It's so funny the people who follow the show and follow me on Instagram, like I can go back and there's there's people who have so many pictures of all these Broadway people who I've yeah. never met, but it's like, but they have, you know, they have pictures with them because it's what they do is they love these people so much. They go out and they find them and they get their picture taken with them.
1: Which is so funny because I, and I don't know if it's my age or like when I came to this or like whatever, but mm-hmm. that is not at all what I want when I go to the stage door. If I'm going to stage door something now, It's going to be because I feel so strongly about the performance that I just need to tell the person, Mm -hmm. like, that was amazing. Um, And it's not about the picture, and it's not about the signed playbill um, anymore. and And even when I was a kid, you know, I have pictures with, like, every original cast member of Footloose. And, like, if you named someone, like, from any show, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they were in Footloose. But, lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I don't have many other pictures with other people from mm-hmm. shows. It, that was never the thing that I cared about. Um, it was so much more about the experience and the like relationship um, than it was like, please take my take your picture with me. Which is not to say I don't have seventeen pictures with Jeremy Kushner because I do. Sure. I a hundred percent do. And every like now now I'll go and see him. So I you know, when he did Paramore and when he did Head Over Heels, now it's at the point like I know him. I can be like yeah. text him and be like, Jeremy, I'm coming to the show tonight. He's like, Great, you're on the list. Like, so we can yeah. but that doesn't mean we still don't take a selfie mm-hmm. backstage at every show. That's still right. a thing that happens.
0: But that's a different yeah. kind of a selfie. Little, I guess it's a little bit it's that's a different selfie. The same, if you can text
1: somebody And it's different. It's- <laughs>
0: Well, it's similar. It's certainly related. Yes. The Venn diagram yes. exists. But like if you <laughs> can text somebody, that selfie you have with them is a slightly different like it is it is different. different, different. Like um, we're
1: not we're not friends. But we're not, not friends.
0: But if he gets a message from you, he doesn't block you, like you know, like he's like, and you you know what? That is the
1: victory. If my 16 year old self could hear this, (laughs) that is that is that's enough. Okay, we won, we won. Nobody got arrested, Mm -hmm. nobody blocked anybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody. Well, and actually, I have to say, probably you, uh. Would be so like sixteen year old you also would be so happy with the fact that you never went too far. Obviously, I never it, went too
1: far, right. and I think which is always I the have, fear when you're. Doing I have stuff like friends this. who probably thought I went too far. Mm-hmm. I never went too far. Mm-hmm. I knew I. It was the thing. There's is, a way to do it. All of it, yeah. was, and yeah. so much of it was in my head, and I never let it get out of my head. What's your favorite song? <sighs> I think. um uh I'm free. The act one finale. Taking the past, make it operate. Taking control, if that's what it takes. Heaven helps the man. from the movie yeah. that one I love mm-hmm. and I loved that number in the show it was like in the gym and they were all in like PE clothes and they wore they wore these gray sweatpants and in red writing down the side it said Beaumont and I if I like literally tomorrow if I found that on eBay I would buy it like a hundred percent would own those pants um and so it was very fun very athletic um, number. That involved basketball hoops, mm-hmm. and at one point, one of the like guys in the ensemble would jump on a trampoline and shoot a basket. And I saw the show six times. I think he made the basket twice out of the wow. six times that I saw the show. Okay. Like it was not a done deal that sure. that was going in, um, which I think is really funny. Because <laughs> um, like, why would you put that in? That's Did you make not it on opening night? unless it's a. It went in on opening night.
0: Okay, then great.
1: Because, and I know that because. It went on an opening night, and of course, every like crowd goes wild. Yeah. That's amazing, but I think it happened one other time after right. that, and I remember being like, "Oh, too bad, this doesn't happen."
0: So, stage door stories is on hiatus at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you but know. there's a
0: great back catalog you can listen to that includes yes. me. Yes, and Jeremy and Adam Guan, and yes. uh, we have a few vendors. Carla
1: Stickler too. is in yeah. there. Andrew Kober is in there. Yeah,
0: go check it out, gang. It's a good show. Thank you, Laura. Thank you yes. so much. It was so Thank you. To speak with you.
1: This was great.
0: The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn the original cast is on instagram facebook and twitter at original cast pod you can follow me patrick flynn on all platforms at unknown penguin enjoying yourself leave a rating and review on apple podcasts and tell the world you can also find the original cast on spotify stitcher overcast and wherever fine podcasts are available well thanks to laura paquette for coming and talking to me i'm patrick flynn and i can't i have rehearsal